socks. Yo, man, what's the matter with you? I'll get it the next time. I mean, Jolly! Beat the beat, the beat to beat! The only thing hard is the smell of my feet. So listen up, cause you might get this. Don't train a lizard or take a chair. What's the beat? Located in the lower abdominal area. No oh, man, it's You just heard Anthrax, I'm the man, and this is the Recommendal Podcast. I'm Mark, and who is the best of the big four? Stay tuned to find out. And I'm Jason. And uh, why in the hell did we just open with I'm the man from Anthrax? Uh, kismet, I don't know. Yeah, no one knows. No one knows. No, because that's uh, we did an Anthrax show many, many moons ago, and uh, we never played that song, and that's a ridiculous song. How many years ago was that? That was in our that was our 20th episode. That was up at Uncle John's Jesus. Cabin. Uh, Unlike Uncle Tom's cat. Uncle Tom, yeah. A little different than the Warren song. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know. Did I say Warren? Warren. I Warren. Um, but, yeah. So, we uh, we did part one where we kind of looked at uh, some of the newer releases in the last you know 12 to 15 months of uh, the big four. Mm-hmm. And so, what we decided is Mark had this crazy idea of coming up with... Uh, some type of way of categorizing and having almost like a tournament of champions. Since I like sports so yeah, much, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> being the big sports fan <laughs> and brackets, yeah, and you brackets. Know? So we uh, we kind of looked at whether or not we could do it bracketology style, but uh, instead, what we decided to do was assign kind of a point total. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of uh, holding the big four up against each other in five different categories, and so uh, we're going to be looking at current output. Uh, we'll kind of define that when we get to it. Consistency. Uh, great or classic records, 
influence on metal and on the, the greater pop culture world uh, outside of metal and music. And then images and kind of covers and stuff. Imagery, how that like the bands... Uh how they look with their persona. Yeah, and just like in the, the kind of iconicness of their, their cover imagery and, and things like that as yeah. well. So we'll, we'll kind of get Iconography into... Iconography in general. Yeah, we'll get into the each category as we sort of do. So um, Anthrax we kind of started off with uh, because, well, uh, that might be Anthrax's <laughs> only chance to uh, to win one of these categories uh, because they might... They come in second sometimes and, and kind of you know march up the, the way. but uh, I mean, it's tough when you're going against Slayer it, and Metallica. It's, and, Megadeth and even Megadeth to some stuff. extent. Yeah, so uh, that's kind of where we're at. And it should be said, because we, we should have this, you know, we talk about the big four, and we kind of forgot to talk about in the last episode, um, and when we're kind of talking about current output, we should acknowledge at least that if there was a big five that would include Testament, the testament would or be Exodus, or even six. Exodus Big Six, yeah, you know, Big Five. If you want to go Big Seven, then you could go Death Angel, but I've never. Really yeah, I wouldn't. I, I keep. I didn't keep it to like five or six. Is, is probably the way to go. But I think you know that the four is a good Roman numeral. It is a really nice. It's a really nice round. You get kind two of thing, you know, as well. So yeah, nice. yep, that's true. Uh, <laughs> hadn't thought of that. <laughs> Although six, you would get two as well. Exactly. Yeah, see, ten, so, you just get one. Yeah, that's yeah. so cool. <laughs> And this lesson on Roman numerals brought to you by Requiem Metal Podcast. But hey, without uh, us in the Super Bowl, who else is using exactly who uses it anymore? Yeah, so um, damn Latin. <laughs> um, the uh, the crazy part is is like Testament probably has had the most consistent output since like the mid two thousands, and really, well, put it this way: Have you what what Testament record do you really dislike? Yeah. There's only really the the two that I don't listen to that much are their kind of last two of their golden era, and that's like uh, well, practice what you preach in legacy. No legacy Demonic. and no legacy and uh, souls of black. I know you're a huge souls of black guy. Legacy was the first record. Yeah, legacy is great. That's, okay, yeah, uh, I'm talking souls of black and the ritual. Those are the, like the I don't two. like the ritual. I do like souls of black, but yeah. it's very it's my it's poppy mainstream. Yeah. And and so those two I never really get into. The, my first Testament record I ever bought was Low. I think is Souls of Black is the last Louis Clemente record. It might it? be. Okay. It might be. And he's not exactly the best uh, best of the drummers out no. there. No. Uh, but yeah, like that's Low. I can't remember who drums on that record. But then Demonic is when Hoglin comes into to play. And from that point on, I think Testament becomes a pretty pretty interesting band. Um, I think their only misstep from like that era on is i mean some demonics kind of like monotonous because they don't have uh skolniak or really a great lead guitar player and it's mostly just like an eric peterson kind of yeah. record but vocally it's pretty heavy you can just definitely what's, see what's them. the big song on that burning times is a song i kind of love about burning witches vocals? and stuff he's kind of doing really kind of heavy vocals okay. and stuff like that um, usually i'm all about that but it bothered me because i liked his voice probably so before, but so. i think it works the stuff he's done with it since then like that was his like that was a transition record if that makes sense yeah it's I mean, not it's a great record but trying it's like to retain it's okay. relevance and stuff too but but pretty much after that like testament pretty has done some flawless stuff in the 2000s and beyond yeah. You know, you get the records with like Lombardo and Steve DiGiorgio in the early 2000s. And now, you know, DiGiorgio's come back and Hoglin yeah. and, you know, you've got Skolniak returning to the fold with formation and good stuff. You know, like, yeah. you know, I give them credit. They may have enjoyed the, the best second act of any thrash band uh, in a consistent way. You know, if you look at like 
kind of two your career setting up into two categories yeah. they may actually be more consistently like appreciate it in their second act than they maybe were in their first act yeah where i they mean, were, like, never expected the second you know? act yeah exactly Who let did? alone something that is that i mean guys that are probably well into their 50s at this point yeah oh yeah, yeah. still like putting out pretty i mean inspired thing, yeah heavy records it's good stuff yeah it's like it's not good enough for me to buy it yeah like it's good stuff. I, did buy that I, I will listen to it. So, um, but as far as like collecting, I don't need the whole discographies of stuff anymore. Like, I really I love the old stuff. I'll still listen to that, whatever. But that that's kind of my thing. Is like, how many of these new records that we're even talking about now have I bought? Yeah, uh, the big four. None. None. Yeah, and I I have because I'm a sucker. <laughs> that's, well, that's it's but I, different I, habits. Yeah, I'm more of a collector. I have the room to collect it though too. I have, I have more space. We're in my <laughs> uh, my nine by eleven foot room. Yeah, <laughs> that has bare, we could pro- we can almost touch the walls. Yeah, and it, every square inch is covered in something. But yeah, and give you credit if you utilize the room really well. So. <laughs> you got to go vertical. Is what mm-hmm. I exactly. Now, so this first category that we're going to kind of talk about, because each of these talk sets is going to be a lot shorter than our traditional one, because we're going to do just kind of short, concise talk sets that deal with each category. But we we really went over this in, in a pretty good expanse in part one. So if you didn't yeah. listen to part one, you should definitely check it out if you want like more validity to why we decided what we decided. But uh, in terms of current output, we'll kind of start from the bottom and kind of work our way up. But we both pretty... Uh, pretty well agreed that that slayer had the the worst of the current outputs um in terms of you know repentless um yeah i mean it wasn't they're it's not a bad off, record it's not a bad record but they're it, coming off a pretty big upset in the it's like christ illusion and world, world paint it are, yeah. are both great fantastic records and so then this was kind of like a, a downswing plus but you're looking for like say with injustice you know, you lose a member of the band who's a you know a pretty big member of the band. Mm-hmm. Plus, I mean, you got to say this is you know thirty years in the past, but sure. still, how does that affect the trajectory? Do you get more pissed? Do you get more, or do you just kind of fall back on your laurels? And that's kind of what I think they did on this. one. They did with this, yeah. You know, and so it just it's, fine. it's a fine record. I listened to it. It's, yep. it's but it's not like a go to record. Nope. I agree. I agree. So we put them in, in fourth place here. Um, Metallica, and we had some debate over this, like Mark and, and I, and I'll let Mark kind of give his perspective on sure. like why you were you were pushing for Metallica to go maybe even above third place. Yeah. What well, for me, it was uh, it was an enjoyment versus um, how good. Mm-hmm. I made a, a bad analogy about it's like making out with your first girlfriend again, but she's kind of saggy and weird, but it's still awesome. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it brings you back to that that place. Yeah, there's there's a certain amount of nostalgia. There's uh, especially with a band that's kind of gone as, as far astray as Metallica has at points. It was really nice to have them play something where I was like, "Fuck, that's awesome!" Like, no, I good. agree. I think it is a greater swing uh, than say Anthrax because Anthrax had just come off a fairly good record with Worship Music. Yeah, they're um, on the right. They're on the. They're on the, the, right the proper up. trajectory, uh, and so it wasn't a surprise that this new one was as good as it was. The mm-hmm. you know, um, for all kings, but but I think I made the argument that I could maybe even try and push Anthrax into the number one category. So it'd be hard for me to be able to negotiate anthrax from one all the way to third and and that yeah. kind of made sense too yeah, yeah, and i said sense. like metallica i get it because i i love metallica too and it was nice to hear some of the songs that we we listened to in our last episode or, or talked about that really just captured you know that nostalgia but unfortunately as a consistent record it, it doesn't that's the problem yeah and like so, there's parts of it i enjoy a hell of a lot and i just 
avoid other parts. Sure. And whereas I can put that entire Anthrax record on and there's not really a skippable song. There's some songs sure. I like more than others, but again, it's like, I don't go, oh man, why'd they write that? You know, whereas like Metallica, you're like, mm, you could have done a little better. That could have like, been a B-side. Yeah, That's exactly. what B-sides are yep. for. Yep. So that's why we we slotted Metallica in at uh, third place and Anthrax in at second. Mm-hmm. And of course, winning this category... For the first time. For the first time, yes. Uh, and this has got to make Dave proud because he does have... We, we did talk this, about this, this even surprised strange me. inferiority complex still yeah. to this day about the whole Metallica thing. Have you read this recently? Because I, I haven't... Yeah, yeah. What, there's still that What was thing. he saying? Was it was it in well, regards just, to like the new the new album or something like that? No, it's just they're like sound bites that people pull out, you know, like do it, like you still have hold. I don't even remember exactly what it was, but basically he's still hurt about the whole experience. So weird. I'm like, I mean, I, what I, I, Dave Mustaine, like a lot of artist types, like I, I throw myself in this category as well. You put up this kind of brash exterior sometimes because you don't want to really expose your true feelings to people because it's, it's traumatic. It can be traumatic. Sure. And especially when you're writing music with people you feel a real kinship with, I'm sure he's just fucking hurt. Sure. But that that hurt gave him, I thought, the the wherewithal to actually do some really good, more aggressive, more Teutonic sounding thrash that we've that we ever heard in the states. Yeah. Um, some pretty fucking interesting stuff. Yeah. Nothing. He never. But the problem. I mean, and he had to fight even harder because writing some of their classic. Or help co-writing some of their classic material to try to like not sound like that. Yeah, that I mean that's that's a lot of shit. Oh, I agree, I agree, and I think, but it, but but this is thirty fucking years later. I was gonna say, you know, at this point, you know, he's never gonna enjoy the wealth and the prosperity of probably being associated with Metallica. But I think he's done all right for himself. And he's, he's doing fine, and he's done it without having to like compromise his vision, which is we can debate whether that was good or bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? But for, he's for done, him. you know, for good or bad, he's done whatever he wanted to do. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, so kudos to Dave for, you know, winning the, the category and winning the, the four, basically it's four points for first place, three points for second, two points for third and one point for fourth, just in case you're, and like wondering why another reason anthrax didn't make that top, but as we're saying, like the last Megadeth record was kind of a, yeah, not great. Yeah. A lot, a lot of them. This was a huge been, swing. Yep. The other way. So I, as much as I'm not the hugest Megadeth fan, I I think he does. Oh, they it. they really they really, and it's funny because uh, you and I, when we were debating doing the show like a couple weeks ago, I think I was texting you or, or talking to you, and I was like, "That new Megadeth that that's just as good as that Anthrax," and you kind of were like, "Oh, like you didn't really respond to it much," <laughs> and I, I was kind of like, "I wonder if he's heard it." It was in the back of my head, I'm like, "This is really really good," you know. And the more I listen to it, the more I because well, I heard Super Collider. Oh, and you just assumed I was like, it was Jesus, but it came and used to the record store. The the LP did. And I threw it on, and I was like, "It's pretty good." Yeah. The, yeah oh, Dystopia. The, the new gotcha. Dystopia. Yeah. Gotcha. gotcha. And then I, uh, my wife finally got the family version of Spotify, mm-hmm. so I can listen to whatever I want at the gym instead of it fl- kicks back over to whatever she's listening. Sure. To. Sure. So, so uh, in honor of Megadeth winning this category, we're gonna uh, play a song from uh, the Dystopia record. It's a song we talked about in the last episode, but we just didn't have room to play it because uh, of time. And it's uh, called Post American World, and lyrically we kind of you know poked a little bit at it because it's a little bit nationalistic. But uh, from a musical standpoint, it's pretty cool. It's got kind yeah. of a real consistent uh, co- you know um, symphony of destruction kind of riff to it, and, and some other things. So. Enjoy uh, Post-American World from Megadeth, and we'll come back and look at category number two.
Post-American World from Megadeth winning that first category. So Megadeth's in the lead with four points uh, with Anthrax in second, Metallica in uh, third, and Slayer in 
dead last. All right. Sorry, guys. Or Slayer. Will they make a comeback? Who knows? Well, this next category, I think we yeah. might see some. Uh, yeah, we might see some, some improvements from the bottom two. Okay. So even though those top two uh, may have won out in that last one, I think this is where we'll, we'll see the tables turn a little bit because we are talking about consistency and we're talking about this idea of whether or not uh, from a career output. Um, how far they've gotten off the track, off the beaten path with, with some of what they've done. Like you could wise. say ACDC and Dismember have a flawless consistency to their music. Sure, <laughs> sure. Or, but you could even define something like, uh, like I would look at, and this is maybe a non-metal version, like a band like Radiohead. You don't have to do the same thing to be somewhat consistent in terms of having like uh, distinct artistic visions or making great leaps in evolution. Sure. As I would as, say... You know, um, as a Paradise band. Lost as well. Paradise Lost, yeah, sure. They, uh, they keep the Catatonia tone. to some extent, minus maybe like their last couple, but really Paradise Lost or yeah. Catatonia made a lot of like really interesting leaps from you know like, Dance of December uh, to Brave yeah, thematically, to, tonally. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be just pure the sound. But. Exactly. So and it's you know all these bands have uh, a pretty good chunk of of years underneath them. I mean, really, when we talk about the big four, we're talking about bands that got their start in like eighty three, eighty four, eighty five. Uh, those are really when when but all formed three, in eighty eighty one. Metallica was eighty one, I think. Yep. Slayer was Slayers eighty one, eighty two. Okay. You know, Anthrax eighty two, eighty three. Yeah. Because uh, Fistful of Steel was come out, came out in eighty four. Um, Show No Mercy and Kill Em All were 83, and then Killing Is My Business was 85, I believe. I think it was like early 85, late 84, 85. But you got to give give Dave the, and uh, Dave the handicap. And Dave was technically for... on Kill Em All in a songwriting capacity. He co-wrote four songs we talked about, mm-hmm. and then co-wrote two songs on uh, Ride the Lightning. Yeah. So, you know, so he his legacy was there even before he had his own band, I guess. Uh, but but what we publishing rights? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so we um, so we kind of looked at it from from a standpoint of, and we're going to get more into the great classic album category next. But we also looked at the middle records, uh, which we call kind of the eh category, and then the shitter category. Yeah. And so you know, basically what we what we looked at was it was kind of a a. a, a a, a tie in a way between Anthrax and Megadeth at first in terms of who is going to have the least consistent sort of stuff. And part of that is because even in their classic years, they're inconsistent a little bit, you know, whereas mm-hmm. Metallica and, uh, and, and Slayer have a little bit more consistency through the eighties into the early, like the beginning of the nineties period. It's almost yeah. flawless for well, both even those like, bands. Um, it might not be, like straight through like every album sounds similar but every album sounds like a full a album com- a it didn't word. sound like they had an off a weird off song that sure. they threw on there whereas like like, anthrax would tend to have a lot yeah whereas like anthrax you look at like um uh state euphoria it's kind of a weaker record uh fistful of metal not a great debut it's nothing it's certainly not kill em all it's certainly not show no mercy mm-hmm. um you know they don't really find their form until spreading the disease uh which is you know like borderline classic, borderline great. It, it's kind of inconsistent. It's like 70% pretty great. Mm-hmm. And then you get, you know, Stone Cold classics like Among the Living and stuff like that or uh, Persistence of Time and, mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. You know, the thing that benefited Anthrax when it came to this category is that they kind of stopped doing musical output for a long time. After uh, the the last record I was really familiar with was uh, Stomp 242, and then they had two more records, right, before Worship well, Music. Yeah, 242 was 95. Um, 98, they did Volume 8, The Threat is Real, then jumped to 2003, 
we've come for all of you, then worship music was 2011. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they kind of... Either they were uninspired or they just kind of decided we... Well, Scott Ian was uh, doing every VH1 yeah, talking true. head show. So. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, they, they had other things going he on. He married Frank Zappa's kid, I uh, think, right? Meatloaf's daughter. Meatloaf's daughter. Yeah, That's yeah, who it is. yeah. That's okay. who he's... Uh, he, yeah. And so, sorry, and it, Frank Zappa. Yeah, sorry. Uh, the, the, so, so, that helped Anthrax in the end because what ultimately put Megadeth in dead last in consistency is they had a pretty good run. We kind of identified seven shitter records, if you will. Pretty much everything after Euthanasia. Cryptic Writings. Endgame. Yeah, and Cryptic dystopia. Writings, uh, Risk. The World Needs a Hero. The System Has Failed. United Abominations, 13, and Super Collider. Yeah, not great records. Kind of, yeah. Like, and then even lot, Killing His Business is okay. It's not a great we record. We didn't throw it in the shitter. We threw it in the ick category. It, so far, so what is, again, inconsistent. And yeah. then uh, I think I put Euthanasia in, like, it's a reasonably good in Endgame. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the others are, are kind of, like, great records, you yeah. know. So that's ultimately weighed them down. It's not like they had um, any less great records than say Anthrax did, but they had more bad records. And so that put them in kind of the, the final, you know, like it helped Metallica to not have as much of an output. Yeah. Metallica, (laughs) like putting out records every eight years kind of helped them ultimately kind of, you know, float uh, above all that. So it ends up kind of putting Megadeth. Like we're not counting like the, the S and M, yeah, record, some of the novelty records, like just Lulu. pure studio records. Yep. Like and we're not yeah. counting EPs and, and different things like that as much. Because Metallica's had a bunch of other outputs, but it's either like live stuff or the symphony crap sure. or whatever. And we only we you know we will talk a little bit about live stuff. Live stuff comes into play, I guess, when we get to tiebreakers. Yeah, exactly. Ultimately. Exactly. Okay. So then you know, so that puts Anthrax in third, and then so you got your top two of Metallica and Slayer. So who's going to win in terms of consistency? Well, you have again. Equal consistent output into the early '90s. You could make the argument that after, everything till 1990 for both bands for is both fantastic. bands is fantastic, flawless. And, and then you get Divine Intervention versus like Load Reload, and to me, Divine Intervention better. Yes, yes. You get Diablos down. It's a dip down for Slayer a little bit. It's probably their least. It's their darkest. It's, day. it's their best. They're their least good record. But then you start putting like Saint Anger against God Hates Us All, and God Hates Us All not great, but Saint Anger is. God One of the all. worst of all the thrash. It might be. It's unlistenable. It might be worse than I. I haven't heard all those Megadeth records, but I gotta imagine I would rather listen. They're to probably more enjoyable than than, than, than Saint that. Anger. Saint Anger probably should have knocked them down a couple more of things, but yeah. Know. But but luckily they just didn't put as they didn't put four Saint Angers out. They only put it's one. That's true. So it's just one really bad misstep, and then you get and Dave helped with two records. So yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. That did. And uh, you get uh, Christ Illusion and uh, World, World Painted Blood. Blood. And those are great records. Yeah. And uh, they match up to Death Magnetic. They match up with the Hardwired. And so... They exceed them. They exceed them. But yeah. I'm saying, like, they're they're near or above, you know. Uh, and so that ultimately puts Slayer as the most consistent of the big four through the years. For uh, all their output. For all their output. Um, ahead of Metallica, mm-hmm. you know. And there's probably some people out there that are like going to be really angry saying like well megadeth has consistently stayed really heavy and you'd be right but i just don't know in those of those seven records that i'm not really like the a big fan of or i don't think they're all consistently that good it's just they put out too many like mediocre records yeah you know what i mean yeah it's not about staying true it's about a consistent output of when you when you set the bar of rust in peace and 
uh, like like what do you think with countdown? Countdown's a, a great that, like kind of it's like it's a black album, a, yeah, on par with like yep. a more commercial version of, of of thrash metal. And then like everything else that I've heard is it just, just kind of a trickling steep, down. Yeah, down. and I know there's like a song or two like on System of Failed. Like I, I've heard a song where I was like, oh, that's good. You there's know? some stuff that's okay, but, but like it's just I don't ever want to listen to those records again. You yeah, know? like I just don't. I yeah. listen to them to try to find something that I thought would be enough to, to hook me to listen to the whole thing and there's it's nothing just not there. there yeah whereas like endgame i like and dystopia i love you know so yeah. like those endgame, two, i thought it was okay but you know i thought it was a, re- a an attempt at what they wanted to maybe do that they yeah. did better with dystopia yeah. you know so yeah. so ultimately slayer you win this category and one of the things that was a tiebreaker for us too because we were really kind of locked in horns as we looked at the live records and the live records kind of proved to be like a nice little tiebreaker in that Live Undead, Undead. and Decade of, uh, of, Aggression. of Aggressioners. They're both great live Not records. Decade of Decadence. But I know, that's, of, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a Motley Crue greatest hits record uh, for yes. those of you keeping score at home. But um, So that's why, in honor of Slayer winning this category, we want to play a, a live song off of one of Mark's favorite live records of all time, of any genre. Live, yeah, between uh, Live Undead. And then uh, Unleashed in the East are my two favorite yeah, libraries. I'm a big fan of like, Tokyo Tales as well from Scorpions. That's, that's a, great. It's a pretty fantastic book. But as far as the yeah. hitting all the good stuff. For sure. And this has some good crowd banter. Not on this song because we played a lot of good crowd banter but, on our uh, Metal Blade Years Slayer episodes. So yeah. we had to pick something we hadn't played before. Die by the Sword and Captor of Sin have the two best. Those are good. I have to say. Yeah, yeah. And so we're uh, we're going to go with something off the, the first Slayer record. Uh, well... Technically, it shows up as a bonus track. I've seen it as a bonus track on Show No Mercy, and I've also seen it as just a bonus track on Haunting the Chapel. But technically, it was written originally before, just on Haunting the Chapel. Yeah, but it yeah. was written before Show No Mercy. Actually, it's like oh, okay. it's actually like the first Slayer song, kind of. Okay, but it didn't get put out on Show No Mercy. That's kind of how it it falls in the history. Because it wasn't Slayer. as good as it could have been. Yeah, I think it was just like it seemed like a really overexcited kind of like. It's very teenage enthusiasm. It's got that kind of quality. And what I like about this live version of Aggressive Perfector is it almost sounds like twice as fast as like the the studio version. Everything's at least a third faster. (laughs) Because Dave at this point is really starting to get his velocity up with the drums. All right. So in honor of uh, Slayer winning with consistency, enjoy Aggressive Perfector from Slayer's 1984 Live on Dead. Tonight, I'm down. I need to 
That was Aggressive Perfector from Slayer's Live Undead. So interesting things going on, Mark, as we continue through the tournament in that we looked at the scores after two of the first five categories. Yes, this, we, Jason, this is a four-way tie right it now. It is a four-way, a four-way tie, tie between all, all, all four uh, of the big four have five points. So these next couple categories are going to really start to open up a, a chasm, if, if you will, a, a gap and see if somebody can kind of thrash gallop out to the lead i'm trying to grab that i'm trying to think of every like bad like thrash (laughs) cliche uh that i can throw out there yeah who's gonna grab that brass ring so we're on to great or classic albums and uh, this is tough this is very subjective um i'm sure there are going to be people that probably disagree with us in fact mark and i kind of disagree with each other and kind of have to negotiate on on some of these uh you know, he, but unlike the current political system or the soon-to-be political system, we yes. can actually compromise. Yeah, we, we've, and talk learned, about we've learned to compromise, kind of like with the the current output. How we kind of looked at Anthrax just sliding above Metallica, even though yeah. Mark probably would have put Metallica above Anthrax. But, but I like Jason. I want to make him happy, yeah, so exactly. I, I, I let it's, him have it's Anthrax. Like any good, it's like any good relationship. It's all about compromises, <laughs> and so we're gonna we're gonna kind of look at this category and, and kind of see where we go. So um, once again, we'll kind of start at the bottom. And sort of uh, how we arrive at, at where we arrive at, and so it's it's pretty obvious, I think, from a historical standpoint. We'll, we'll get into influence beyond yeah. you know later, but I think from a metal, for just strictly talking like metal, kind of classic, influential kind of records, um, the Metallica and Slayer probably within the metal genre seem to have like a little bit more resonance, and as we just talked about in the last. Uh, category even more consistently yeah you know they were top two consistent bands and so they have to probably mean that they have greater records ultimately they've been the most extreme of the three bands too, or the four bands as well sure sure and so what that means is that it's a fight for third and fourth place between megadeth and anthrax then because the big four has kind of always been metallica is at the very top yep and then you've got these three guys underneath you got it but slayer is always eked a bit above the other two guys and probably because and actually they've been kind of neck and neck with megadeth as far as a commercial standpoint probably and uh i would say anthrax is always dead last yeah but even though they've had mind, a couple it's always been the other way around. they've had a couple commercial peaks anthrax has where mm-hmm. they've like risen up briefly but then yeah yeah um and so it is it's it's kind of tricky as to what what makes a classic record i guess and so um, when you look at Anthrax, okay, where where what records can, you know strike you as as sort of the the, the Stone Cold classics, and then I'll for kind me, of throw. there's really only two ish, two okay, two and maybe two and a half, because um, I'm kind of hard on their early output. Um, Persistence of Time, yep. I think, was at least back in the day was a I think was a favorite of mine. I agree. I think it's Among a, the Living, I think, is flawless front it's, to it's back. An absolutely, you know, uh, great classic. I like spreading the disease better than State of Euphoria. For sure, it's a way better record than State of Euphoria. Um, maybe those three. Okay, is that? But then I would throw in, um, and I throw in Sound of White Noise for I, me. I would agree with that purely just for they're the only only band out of the Big Four to actually try something completely different, something a little bit more modern that maybe went more in line with the, like the alternative movement. The alter- yeah, alternative. That metal, was successful, stuff like that. Yeah, I and think- John Bush came in and like, well, like, holy shit, this he sounds great. I think he uh, he brought a little he brought something just unique with his 
I don't want to call it power metal-ish kind of singing, but it was much more melodic. It was much more... Um, and even though Belladonna kind of has that high register... But he's a traditionally better singer. Yeah, for in, sure. In traditional standards than Belladonna. Yeah, and if you listen to like the Armored Saint stuff, like prior to that, like there's a more anthemic kind of quality to like some of the stuff. He's more of a heavy doing. metal singer than a thrash singer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think Anthrax really... Cons- what they did really well with Sound of White Noise is they made a really great heavy metal record. Mm-hmm. And it could be a great, great heavy metal record in the midst of grunge. I could say The Sound of White Noise could be a really great heavy metal record in the midst of the early 2000s. And that would have been a really great, like, kind of almost, uh, you know, Judas Priest-esque kind of like that type of uh, variety of, of music in, like, the mid-80s. It's even. like Priest going to Turbo. Yeah. Almost, really. I mean, yeah. but probably more better, successful. Better, yeah. I yeah. like Turbo, but... Yeah, um, but, but Turbo has its flaws for sure. And Sound of White Noise is not a perfect record by no. any means. Um, but neither is Spreading the Disease, I don't think, either. No. No, I think um, Among the Living is the only perfect record, I think, that they've done. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, I'm a I'm a Sound of White Noise apologist, I guess, and I've kind of helped Mark kind of see the, the like, why that record is actually, like, good just looking at it from, like, a different point of view. Yeah, I can totally see the merits. It's not one of my favorite records, but I, I respect. Sure. I respect I mean, I is. think you hear, like, you know, like, the, there's... There's something that they were able to do with like songs like Black Lodge, which is really like slow and, and just has this like uneasy sort of feeling. It's the one that Angelo uh, Badalamente like mm-hmm. like helped compose. He did yeah. like Twin Peaks and David Lynch kind of stuff. So it has like a quality that's just really unique for for any band of that era, you know, of the Big Four for sure. But I think like what you get is unfortunately outside of that, you you know how much of an impact did those records have on on metal the the classic albums a little bit and so it it, it kind of gets With them I, I don't know if it was musically if anything it was maybe added not even know if, like overkill is more the attitude band out of the yeah. New York stuff yeah and, and but, even, but again overkill doesn't get like the attention that anthrax kind of had out of the spotlight because if know? you look at consistency i would put overkill in the big four over anthrax probably probably <laughs> yeah yeah i thought you know again just because, like, i mean there's not a, one of the records i don't really like sure but it, i guess it's like the highest highs and i think you get to yeah. like among the living is just like its own it, it's just such a stone cold classic you know yeah it's it's, it's just like below like nothing, rust in peace you know yeah, nothing I mean? sounded like, close to it yeah and that's the thing is all those guys were they're hitting the top of their game mm-hmm like as good as you could possibly get in that field so sure sure i guess yeah third or fifth place in this count <laughs> it doesn't really yeah. matter so we ended up slotting uh anthrax in fourth place here for for classic records and we ended up kind of with four classic records for them and i think what did it was um megadeth we're going to talk about will end up kind of with that same number but i think megadeth also had a couple of in-betweener records that like give it a little bit more push in terms of mm-hmm. great albums yeah. you know even though they had as we talked about last category seven shitters if you will they had some like good middle ground records and not yeah. classics but good middle ground records as well so megadeth gets a little tougher for for mark because you're a little bit harder on megadeth than i am the so, only record i love front to back is rust, is rust in peace. peace yeah and then we put dystopia i think dystopia there. is a good record but it's not. It's not, it's not a classic. The revisiting. It's a great. It's a great record, yeah. and it might prove to be a classic. But it's not, in their it's hard in to their say. sixth their uh, existing discography right now, it is a classic. Yeah. As far as like it, nothing else 
<laughs> stood up to that for that they've at done least what like, I want out of for like 15, 20 years. At yeah, least, yeah, know? it's been a long time. Um, I would put Peace Cells in as a, as a classic. I know Mark's not as big on that record, and what, I mean, I would throw it in there outside of a lot of the other stuff. It's just yeah. it's not. There's something about that record that just doesn't doesn't work well for you. Me. Yeah, and that and that makes sense because I mean, there's just there's some like kind of classic albums that just don't don't it's grab me the right chaotic way. or not, but not in a good way for me. I don't know. Gotcha. And I, I like it. I think it's it's I don't know if it's like kind of proggy. It's not. That's the wrong word for it. But there's something kind of like weird compositionally about it. I mean, it opens with a very strange song like Wake Up Dead that's mm-hmm. like almost an instrumental. And the you know what I mean that's like it's a weird but yet it Megadeth was a single. was pushing themselves probably harder than ever. Well, I can't say that. Yeah, it's tough. Master puppets and creatively brain. they were trying to push themselves not harder but push themselves to be different than everybody else. Yep. Because Metallica was the torchbearer through the whole thing. Yep. Slayer had their Slayer own. Slayer had their own the identity speed. the whole yep. time. And the Anthrax the had their attitude shit. and like the just kind of the hardcore kind of thing. And, yeah. And the, here's Megadeth. They're like, ah, I don't want to be a Metallica clone, so we'll do this a little bit differently. And and I think it took like Peace Cells and So Far So What for them to like kind of be like, you know what, we can do better than Metallica is we can just shred the shit out of stuff. Like we yeah. can go and we can be weird. Yeah. And Rust in Peace has some like oddity in terms of compositions to it, but it's a straightforward like just it it thrashes, you know. Um, it's got like kind of the same spirit of like you know like a fight fire with fire or battery or damage incorporated, yeah. but like almost like barreling through you, you know, with like a well, song if you like give, Holy if Wars. you need to give somebody four thrash records, I'd give them Rust in Peace, Master of Puppets, Rain and Blood, and uh, what am I missing? Among the Living. Among the living, probably those yeah, those are four. it. Those are the four. You know, like if that's all you could have. Yeah, it's tough because man, there's a part of me that would almost go like, you know, ride the lightning above um, among the living as a second Metallica, or even like South of Heaven or Seasons, like you know, be, well, just because I'm, thinking, I'm like, thinking like what I. But if you yeah. want like a full representation of the spectrum of thrash, yeah, and, and to, to be the most kind of like representative of that band yeah. at its peak of their powers. Like Slayer definitely does more interesting things, but as far as but Rain and Blood is, that's it's a game changer yeah. for sure. Yeah, and, and that Master lead- Puppets is such it's such a cohesive, like just the whole package of the thing sure. just works so well. Sure. So what we had for classics that for Megadeth was Russ and Peace, Peace Cells. I threw Countdown to Extinction in there only because... That was your first it's, exposure to them, it's right? A, yeah, but I think it's an inconsistent record. It's not a perfect record. It's not a classic, probably, but it's a it's a great to, like... It might be their highest-selling record. It for sure is, I think, their highest-selling. And, like, I look at, like, the power of some of the singles on that record that you had a song like Symphony for Destruction on the radio. You had Sweating Bullets as, like, I remember distinctly being, like, the number one requested song on MTV for, like, three weeks straight or two weeks it like it didn't make any sense like people were calling mtv to want to see megadeth like videos and stuff like that was like a weird commercial peak for them you know it was a weird thing i don't know if you ever got this vibe um but it was always there there's the megadeth the metallica camps Mm -hmm. and i was always on the metallica Metallica side side. until rust and peace came out because i I tried like his vocals are just like what the fuck is he doing I think the people, I, I guess I've always heard it described, and, and Grant Corcoon, who's been on the show a few times, has, has said it because he took guitar lessons. He said, like, Megadeth is like a guitar teacher band because of, like, the shredding quality or something sure. like that. Like, they're, maybe it's like the weird, like, preciseness of some of the compositions. There's like a, 
there's an iciness to some of the things that like Dave does. And you hear that mm-hmm. like with the solo work on dystopia, even like, it's just, yeah. it's, it's got a, like a, not a Steve Vai quality. Cause it's not like noodly in that sort but of it's, way. It's but a it's a more abstract approach to playing than like Headfield is pretty meat and potatoes, but it's got the feel is what's sure puts it over the top. Sure. Yeah. And so, no, I can definitely see that there's Metallica camp and Megadeth camp, you know, just, but that's the simplistic here. thinking of a teenager too. Now sure. it's like, you know. yeah. Yep. whatever so so that's what uh that's i used what, to be the maiden guy not the priest guy now yeah, i hold them in the equal both, regard it's the same yeah yeah but no you're right there's this like almost oppositional and to me it was like it wasn't so much the megadeth versus metallica it was the slayer versus metallica you're either a slayer person or a metallica person like the slayer people that's were were like like i always heard the metaphor that slayer was to metallica what the rolling stones were the beatles kind of darker more dangerous like just more alluring they were going to lead you on a pathway into like i'd never ever things. heard that at all that's you never funny. heard that yeah it's kind of because well i hung the older people they're never going to sell as many records i didn't that, i never that didn't you know what i mean thought. like slayer was never going to sell what metallica like what yeah. the beatles sold but like there's like a grittiness to, to them that's like you know the stones were putting out sympathy for the devil you know and give me shelter and like dark songs because like 60s. the the older guys that i was like hanging out with in high school they were like maybe two classes older were punk guys gotcha so they love slayer they love slayer they love metallica yeah. up until injustice for all yeah because it's and a prog it record like, yeah. um yeah. so that was never a thing yeah that's interesting <laughs> they everybody loved slayer yeah and then sepultura came on the scene around when injustice came out sure with the rise the big, beneath the remains yeah the big thing there because it was like oh they're fucking brazilian all this political upheaval and blah yeah yeah there's a punk rock quality for sure yeah. sepultura is doing so sepultura they go in big four they could, the fu- they could. They, they could. They go five and six with yeah, Testament. Yeah. Although, you know, I guess it's Sepultura their like their first three records, metal, but they're thrash. It's they're thrash. thrash riffs. I know. But a lot of death metal is thrash. Too. Sodom. Yeah, I get, I get you. Yeah. At the Gates. Yeah. Could be, some people consider them a thrash band. Yeah, New Wave I don't, of Swedish, like death thrash, kind of. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Depends on how you thrash. depends on how you view vocals because to me like that's vocals where, like, are a big diff- that's a where big like deal. Sepultura and At the Gates maybe kind of get slotted into a different category because of the harshness of their vocals. You know? That's another show idea. Yeah, we could definitely <laughs> definitely look at that. So now we've got Anthrax in fourth place, Megadeth in third, and so then it's a debate on who has the better classic great records between Slayer and Metallica, and it's tough because if you go. Through the 80s, what we counted up for Slayer is we went for like absolutely stone cold classics just right off the bat. And we came up with Hell Awaits, Rain and Blood, South of Heaven, Seize the Abyss, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Four. And then we debated on Show No Mercy. And the debate I kind of said to Mark as I said, if you had to get rid of all your Slayer records, could you get rid of Show No Mercy? And he said, no. I've I got said, a Show Neither Mercy I. tattoo. I couldn't do it. <laughs> Evil, Evil Has No Boundaries was in the year, my senior yearbook as my like favorite song. Yeah. Just even, it was more like a, I want to get this in the yearbook sure, kind of thing. Sure. But I, I, but I loved Slayer to that extent. So, so then we had to go five. Okay. So you got five Stone Cold classics. And then that's a debate on where you fall with like a, a, they're great records and you could say divine intervention is great it's not a classic christ illusion probably great world painted black probably great blood. So you got, what's that blood world painted blood yeah is that what i said oh you said we're world painted world black. black like rolling stones painted black maybe that's what we were just talking about that <laughs> it's kind of late when we're recording this my brains my brain melts into different categories so you got three great records so then you go to metallica and you go what are their classics so you go kill them all mm-hmm. you go ride the lightning Master of Puppets and Justice for All, 
and the Black Album. I put the Black Album. Some yep. people would say no. Yeah, I would. I, for what it's trying to do, it absolutely achieves it. Yeah. You know? But then after that, I don't know if there's anything else. So they don't have those great records in the, that like help balance out the tie of the five v five. Is that well, they still? have yeah. The only like Death Magnetic, Magnetic is, I would say is, is like okay. good. It's good, it's, not great. It's low good. Yeah, it's low good, not great. Yeah. And then Hardwired is low good, not great. I would say it's good. It's good. Not it's, no, I said not yeah. great for sure. It's low good. Yeah, I would say I'd say some of it's great. But sure, that's, you know, for sure, for sure. Coming down to semantics, um, you know. And so then we looked at you know, well, even if you're stuck on the five v five in the eighties and into the early nineties with Slayer versus Metallica, the thing that maybe gives them the edge, and we kind of acknowledge this with uh, the last song that we played, is is their live output. That mm-hmm. Live Undead and Decade of Aggression are both. Uh, also pretty great I plus mean, th- the undisputed attitude album not of punk covers i think it's great pretty fun i yeah. mean that matches up with garage they, they yeah. kind of yeah. so balance like, out equal those two you up. know for me if if i'm looking but for there's a, garage days revisit and garage inc that's true garage inc in their later output i think is pretty good it's pretty good yeah yeah like so, high good yeah for sure they have the merciful fate medley yeah you know, it's just cool to like yeah. hear in a mainstream sort of sense you know that's honestly like for you yeah, which actually I don't mind their turn to bad. I know. I think whatever. Maybe I'm old. Maybe I'm from Michigan. Who I just knows? saw an old, kinda, an old bald guy sing it at a yeah, karaoke you know, thing. Like it's, it's like, you know, like it's it's like it's stuff my like uncle like really like appreciates. So yeah, whatever. If uncles it's across like, America like, like Bob Seeger, then too that's close cool. to like Kid Rock or something for me for some reason. Yeah, Kid Rock's ruined a lot of like that stuff, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, you know what? For me though, to honestly like the tiebreaker, uh, if I had to make a tiebreaker, and for you it's the live records, but for me it's Honey in the Chapel. I know Hunting Chapel is only a three-song EP, but I think in the in the in the echelons of EPs, I, I told Mark that I think that EP is really looked at as a game changer for the the brutality of Slayer. Mm-hmm. Like that really got them like got audiences ready for Hell Awaits and the fact that you have these two songs, Capture of Sin and Chemical Warfare, that were amongst maybe the heaviest things anyone had ever heard because that's coming out right at the same time as Bathory it's in '84 songs too, and at the same time as like Hellhammer and, and Celtic Frost in '84. Yeah. I mean, like in terms of going for the jugular, I think those two songs are more fierce than anything on Kill 'Em All. And then you get a song that's overtly satanic, which is Haunting the Chapel. Mm-hmm. You know, dropping Satan, Satan, Satan. You know, it's like yeah. an evil fucking song. So it gets you close to where Hell Waits is about to get. So to me, that's a tiebreaker, and so. But I, I don't think Mark and I are debating this because we both felt that in terms of all-time great plus classic records, Slayer wins the category. Slayer ekes out. Yeah, yeah Slayer ekes out uh, just barely above Metallica. You know, maybe Metallica's highs in the '80s are higher than Slayer's, but that's not one of our categories. It's opinion. It's an opinion. Yep. We're so, not talking about records sold or yeah. We're not like talking that, album so. sales. We if we put album sales in here, then Metallica is going to win that category yeah, for sure. For sure, they'll win every category. Yes, yes, they will. <laughs> so in honor of Slayer winning yet another category, we're going to uh, play a, a song that we didn't get a chance to play when we did the Deaf American Years uh, episode of Slayer, and this is a song from Seasons of the Abyss. This is a song called Temptation. It's some cool, uh, cool drum stuff going on here. So enjoy Always. Slayer Temptation winning the uh, great classic album category. Goodbye. 